Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of The Brown Bag. I'm your host, Michael T. Brown. Hey, follow us on Twitter at MTBrown98 or connect with us at Facebook.com slash TheBrownBag1. Catch our broadcast on demand after taping or get a free download on iTunes. Have you missed any of our previous broadcasts? No worries. Go to BlogTalkRadio.com, search The Brown Bag, and listen at your leisure. Hey, Mike, I know you're back from a much-needed vacation now that you've had some time to chill out and reflect. Uh, what do you envision and see on the horizon for social digital media? Well, man, um, I'm glad you asked that, Mike, because we have made so many different connections with companies that are like-minded, other people who have um, artistic um, ventures that they're looking to find a place to develop them. And um, it, it's just like there's a big rush towards uh, the need for the concept of social digital media. So I'm just excited. Man, awesome, awesome. Well, uh, we're definitely glad you're back, and uh, we're glad that you are excited. And that's actually a great segue into today's topic. Social media has exploded in its ability to reach people. And, you know, oftentimes we hear about the negative aspects of social media, but today's guest, has taken full advantage of this form of media and is reaching out to others in a positive way. Hey, Mike, why don't you go ahead and introduce today's special guest for us. Merrick Deans was born and raised in Northern Virginia. After receiving his bachelor's degree from George Mason University, he started his career working for E-Trade Financial as a trade desk analyst and later transferred to federal contracting working for Booz Allen Hamilton. He now works for PricewaterhouseCoopers as a project management consultant with a focus in system implementation projects. Mr. Deans has served on a number of work-related boards, both as a member of the Associated Forum and as a chairman of the Staff Advisory Council, where his efforts and leadership bridged the gap between senior management and staff-level employees regarding policy development, firm initiatives, and vertical communications. 
Additionally, Mr. Dean supports Price Waterhouse Cooper's Black Affinity Network in developing social and educational events to stimulate networking and knowledge transfer among the firm's African American employees. Merrick currently attends Mount Zion Baptist Church in Arlington, Virginia, where he serves as director of the Young Adult Ministry. He has worked with a number of young adults within his church over the past two years to expand the ministry. Now, the Young Adult Ministry hosts bi-weekly Bible studies, quarterly programs focused on education, philanthropy, and fellowship, annual emphasis events, and sponsor college care packages. Merrick has recently pursued his vocation for teaching and has served in multiple teaching capacities within his church. Having taught vacation Bible school classes as well as teen and young adult Bible studies, Words from My Whiteboard has become a regular staple in the growth of his inspirational social media presence. Brother Merrick Deans, welcome to the Brown Bag. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate the um, invitation, and uh, thank you for the, the gracious intro. I appreciate it. Oh, man, we're, we're definitely glad to have you on. Let's go ahead and get into it. For those of uh, for those of our listeners who don't know you very well, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay. Um, well, uh, as my, my bio read, um, I am from Virginia. Uh, some people would debate whether it's Northern Virginia or not, but, but um, <laughs> I was mainly uh, mainly raised in Fredericksburg, Virginia, um, and uh, that's where I went to high school at and middle school. Um, and then uh, after graduating from college, um, you know, I've always kind of had a uh, – my parents always kept me in church. I've always been going to church, but um, I actually started off in the non-denominational church. And uh, after I went off to college, um, as many college students do, I um, kind of – I still believed in God. I still read the Word and everything, but I didn't find another church home uh, right off the bat. So um, I visited a lot of churches, and after graduating from school and kind of settling in the real Northern Virginia area – uh, kind of like the Fairfax and Arlington area, uh, I ended up going to visit Mount Zion with uh, one of my frat brothers. And um, ever, I've been going there ever since. I believe it's been about six years now, five or six years now. And um, that was probably the best move that I ever made. It, it uh, allowed many opportunities through the multitude of ministries that they offer um, for me to get involved and, and, and put in uh, work in a service uh, format. So, being able to do that, I was able to find out a lot of my talents and gifts, a lot of, find out everything I wasn't good at as well, and, and, and learn how to delegate that stuff out to other people. And uh, one of the things that I've always kind of had an affinity for was, um, you know, sharing information with people and, yeah. you know, kind of sharing anything that either God's laid on my heart or something I've read or anything like that. And so that's kind of expanded out into uh, the social media format, and uh, it's also allowed me to kind of work on building up a classroom rapport whether it's through Bible studies, whether it's through sharing, um, you know, as a guest speaker on a panel, um, and just being able to interact with people and, and share information in any uh, in any avenue possible. And so that's kind of where I'm at today. I use it both socially. I use it uh, in a ministry. I also use it uh, professionally. Uh, and so um, that's kind of like a quick background on, on where I'm at right now and, and, and how I got to this point. That's awesome. Now, Merrick, social media has exploded with millions upon millions of users taking to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, and so on. Now, you pretty much grew up with it, but what have been your experiences with social media, and how have those experiences 
experience has shaped how you use social media today? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and in light of me growing up with it, um, I, re- I remember the day Facebook, well, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to say the day Facebook came out, but the first day I used Facebook, um, right. I was a sophomore in college, and um, it was it was meant just for college students. It was a means of communication um, outside of, you know, cell phones and, and uh, two-way pages and things of that nature. And so um, it was basically a format where we can interact with one another uh, on a very regular basis, whether it's by posting pictures up of uh, things that we had done the night before or friends or uh, whether or not we were going on trips. It was a way to um, leave messages to people. And really what it did is it broke down uh, a lot of barriers that people have where, you know, people don't always just want to go up to other people and start speaking to them, especially if they don't know them. So um, any type of fear that you might have with interacting with strangers, a lot of times it's a lot easier to uh, reach out to those people uh, through the mask or behind the veil of social media. And so as time has passed on, as, as things have uh, evolved and we have all these different formats and there's apps and, you know, different communication channels, um, and Facebook's not the only one now, but uh, what I've seen happen is it's no longer just uh, for social connection. It's no longer just a means of staying intact with friends or if you went and visited another school, you know, you couldn't take down everybody's number, but you can uh, you can definitely get their name and, and, and communicate with them. It wasn't, it was, it's not really being used for that anymore. It's more so a platform for people to share ideologies and thoughts and uh, people to post videos and comment on videos or people can share information if they heard something crazy that happened in the news, like the Trayvon Martin shooting or yeah. um, if there was any like, police brutality somewhere and someone caught the, the video on their, can- on their phone now that, that video can be spread, and, and now we even see it even being uh, starting revolutions within countries. I mean, uh, you know, you see what's going on in Ukraine right now, um, what happened yeah. in Egypt not too long ago. And so people are using social media as a means of um, collecting uh, support groups and collecting um, uh, people to back them on whatever it is that they're trying to pursue, whether that's uh, – a new rapper coming out, or whether it's yeah. somebody trying to change the government in their country. So um, I, I definitely think that even though it's social and people still use it just to kind of interact with one another on a, hey, how you doing basis, I think it's evolved into something much more stronger than that. And I, I appreciate you sharing that because you gave it just a little bit of historical perspective and how you talked mm-hmm. about it started off kind of being, you know, a way to hang with friends and be more social. But yeah. then you segued into the power of it, the, the power of that form of media um, and mm-hmm. being able to, you know, put ideas out there and, and, and movements to, to evolve. Now, having said that, what should people be mindful of when using social media? Because it is a very powerful platform. Yeah. Um, so and I'm, I'm going to preface that question uh, with this statement is that um, – when you mentioned the history of it, some of the early adopters, um, especially of like Facebook, uh, who enjoy just it being a, a means for social communication and interacting with friends and being able to connect with one another uh, and use it in that fashion, some of those people have been turned off to what social media has kind of evolved into. And I know I was one of those people. I, I got off for a while because I didn't really want to hear 
um, somebody trying to promote their album or, you know, somebody just trying to sell themselves and using social media as a means to do that, um, especially mm-hmm. a lot of companies and corporations started using ads, and so it turned off a lot of those early adopters. Um, but in, in that same vein, to answer your question, people need to be mindful of just that. Um, they need to be mindful of who their audience is because I truly believe that um, anything in this world, especially like a tool or uh, a thought or some type of theology, I feel as though um, there's a reason God created everything. I think that he's, you know, the creator of all things, and I think that um, sometimes once those things have been created, the devil finds ways to perverse those things, Uh, Mm. whether, you know, you kind of take that back to, you know, sex and, you know, God creating that and, you know, it being perverse to being outside of marriage or even in this platform we're talking about social media, I think it was it's a way that um, God can minister to many people, millions of people, by the touch of a button. Uh, you know, pastors can get word out, um, not yeah. just on Sunday morning anymore, not just in a Wednesday night Bible study, but they can share thoughts and things that God is sharing with them throughout the week and simply hit a button and share it with thousands of people. But in the same vein, um, you know, it could be perversed and be used in a way where people can uh, can manipulate the minds of other people or um, distract them from things that are really going on. So if you take, for instance, uh, something like the Trayvon Martin case, social media created a ground for everybody to have an opinion. And when yeah. everybody starts sharing their opinions, um, a lot of times that can fan the flames uh, in the wrong direction. You know, some people, um, if you have a somebody who may be a racist or somebody who may see the law differently or it may be a backer of staying your ground and they say something, um, a lot of times that will cause people to get distracted from the real uh, case at hand and start to go back and forth with that person. And all of this happens on social media platforms. So I would say uh, people need to be mindful of their audience. They need to be mindful of the words and the things that they share uh, because a lot of times you can't take it back. Um, And they also need to be mindful of the purpose or the intent of what they're trying to say. Um, I think a lot of times when we don't have a limit on our tweets and we can tweet a thousand tweets a day if we wanted to, a lot of times we don't really filter the things that we say. uh, And we say things without intention. So we're just putting out words, but we're not trying to create a change from it or enlighten anybody from it or share any relevant information. We're just saying stuff. Um, and I think that just that's just uh, when you do have something to say, because you flooded your timeline with random thoughts, I think that people will skip past it <laughs> right. because our attention span is is is, is yeah. a snap of a finger. So um, I would probably say for those three things are what people need to be mindful of. Yeah, that's good. You know, um, when I think about social media, I think it it's a blessing and a cursing in many ways. Or let me say a blessing, and it can have negative aspects. The the yeah. blessing is is that everybody has a platform. The negative aspect is that everybody has a platform. Exactly. You know, and and yeah. within that, you you talked about you know the need to put out relevant material, relevant information. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about a little bit more about that. You know, I tell people um, think before you post, tweet or send, um, because in many ways. Uh, privacy is not at the forefront. Can you talk a little bit about that um, and how social media and a person's personal character 
should they coincide? Yeah, I think I think they're one and the same. I think um, the word brand comes to mind, and when we talk about brand, it's not something that you can take off and put on when you want to. Um, it's something that is carried with you no matter what you say or what you do. It goes all into who you are and how people perceive who you are. And so um, when I say to say relevant stuff, I'm not necessarily saying you need to drop in knowledge every single tweet or that you need to be um, constantly selling yourself of your business uh, with every Instagram post. Um, I think part of being relevant is also being human and being, um, you know, being able for people to be able to relate to you. So uh, part of that is me just not constantly sharing quotes and constantly trying to get deep on people, but it's also letting them know that I'm having a rough morning this morning and this coffee is about to give me life, you know, yeah. and, and, and letting people know that, um, you know, I can be relatable. I go through the same things that they go through. Um, and uh, because what it is is a part of who I am. If people can, you know, relate to me via social media when I do have something to say, they're more apt to pay attention or, or listen to it or watch it or view it um, as opposed to uh, if if I start to build a brand that's wishy-washy or sometimes it's relevant, sometimes it's not, or if all I talk about is everyday stuff and they're not getting anything from it, um, people will turn away from that. And so in, in keeping in mind your brand, I think that, uh, you know, if you look at some of the people who are very influential, whether it's on social media or not, a lot of times, especially, um, they're not necessarily trying to get you to buy into something. They're, if anything, they're trying to get you to buy into a belief. Like, so if you look mm -hmm. at Martin Luther King uh, Jr., it's not like he was trying to get anybody to, um, you know, he never gave anybody a particular set of rules to follow. He never had, like, a plan. He just tried to influence people, inspire them through his actions, through his words, through his leadership. And I think if we all take a piece of that, we'll, we'll start to take more pride in the things that we have to say, that people are going to buy into us before they ever buy into anything that we say. And it's very hard to retract things because as much as we want to believe that people – Forget, they don't. You know, we have space in our hearts to forgive, but we have little space in our brain to forget. And, you know, so when people go back and apologize or try to retract statements, I think it's, it's, a, it's much easier to take that time up front to determine whether or not you want to share something uh, than it is to try to pull it back at the end. Um, and and, I, and I, I don't mean to belabor the point, but one thing I do want to say, though, is if um, you draw a line personally with yourself to know what you are willing to and not willing to share and you follow that yeah. guideline, I think you'll be good. I mean, I think even, you know, in marriages when people start to be transparent about their marriage when they're trying to mentor other people, I do think there are things in lines that they draw to say, look, we're not going to share this, but we can definitely share this. And I think it's the same when you uh, approach social media about your own personal life. It's like, do I want to share this? Is this something I want to put out? Is this something that I want to um, share? If it is, then then by all means, as long as you follow that guideline, then I think you, you're in safe territory there. If you don't have a guideline like that, then you may want to put down social media for a little bit <laughs> until you develop yeah. one. And let's go there just a little bit further with this whole idea of, you know, authenticity and also crafting an image. Um, in many ways, social media has cut out the middleman when it comes to, you know, advertising and being able to push products or, or even um, put forth a message. Um, what would you say to a person who was kind of like me, you know, uh -huh. didn't grow up with it, 
Um, and yeah. I, in many ways, I approached it kicking and screaming, not because yeah. I didn't see the positive aspects of it. You know, I, I, I recognize that people could connect with other people, but what about those folks who may be a little bit um, leery about the, the form of media, this, this particular form of, um, you know, expression? Maybe they didn't grow up with it, and they don't, you know, live their life through that prism. What would you tell that person who's on the sideline, um, who's contemplating, um, you know, getting on social media, and uh, maybe they have something to express or something to share? What would you say to that person? Um, I mean, I think that's really good because for me, uh, I was in the same boat. It wasn't necessarily the same plight. Um, mine was more so that I just kind of got fed up with social media. Uh, okay. It wasn't something that I was paying attention to anymore. I didn't see any relevancy in it. And so that's why I stepped away from it and was very hesitant to get back into it. Uh, in regards to you or anybody else who may have never even stepped in that arena previously and then is now trying to determine whether or not to, to jump in the water, um, I would say that you have to, that for me, I do it for myself, and I do it because I feel as though I'm being led to by a higher power. And so um, it's no longer about just me. If one person can read my tweet and it enlightens them in some way or it helps them to see a situation differently, then it was all worth the two minutes or minute it took me to type it up. Um, yeah. I think that... Uh, with all the customization and configuration of, of pages and things that you want to share and privacy, you can really customize social media to fit anything that you want it to do. If you're scared of or fearful of certain people seeing things and you don't want them to, I mean, Facebook, you can customize it that only certain people can see certain things um, right. so that you can feel free to post something and not accidentally think that the wrong person is going to take a look at it. Uh, or even with Instagram accounts or uh, Twitter accounts or Tumblr accounts, um, you can allow people, only certain people, like you have to accept everybody who gets to see what you have to say, um, and you can vet that to yourself, like, oh, well, I don't think I want them to be able to have access to what I'm about to post, so maybe I don't friend them or maybe right. I don't, uh, you know, accept them. And so I think maybe using some of those tools up front can help you build a comfortability with it so that you um, can feel free to post what you want to and not have to worry about fairly the wrong thing going to the wrong person. Um, yeah. As time moves forward, I would say that uh, you may want to start altering what you're saying as opposed to necessarily altering who gets to see it. And that was one thing that I started changing. Um, I started opening up my Facebook page to everybody. I started to um, open up my Instagram to anybody who wanted to follow me. I didn't have to approve them anymore and vice versa because I started to um, I started to put that filter on my content rather than on the people who have access to it. And that's, and that's good that you say that, sure. when, when you talk about, and I don't mean to cut you off there, but i, oh, I got to jump in there. When you talk about, you know, filtering what you say and it being about content, because in many ways, if if everybody can't see it, then should I be saying it? Yeah, you know, and that's a good, that's in many You know, and, and if if it's a reflection, if, if it's an extension of what we have to say and uh, an extension of our, you know, um, sharing our viewpoints, um, let's take this to a spiritual. Let's take this on a spiritual level. You know, would God be pleased with my tweet? Would yeah. God be pleased with my post? Now I recognize that that's not everybody. You know, um, how everybody's governed. So I understand that mm -hmm. might not be for everybody. But yeah. um, and I want to bring Michael Fordham in on this too because he um, 
he encouraged me to kind of step out there, and I knew I would probably step more out into social media, you know, once I felt like I was ready and I had, I had some things that I wanted to share, you know, put out some positive messages and, um, you yeah. know, promote um, the radio broadcast. But, Mike, yeah. uh, talk a little bit about how social media has been for you and some of the lessons that you've learned having used it. You know, um, you guys are on a great topic, and, and I did want to add something to that because you talked about whether or not it's something that was, um, you know, that represents you as a, a religious person, as a Christian. Would you tweet that or would you post that? But beyond that, what I told young people in the very beginning is, you know, don't put anything out there that you wouldn't write on a T-shirt or your car or drive around or walk around with it on. You know, because because that's that's really what it is. It's out there and it's moving about. And I wanted to give him that picture as well. And it's going to come back to you. So do you want that to be how people think of you, that first impression of who you are? Do you want it to be, you know, something vulgar, something that you wish you would not have said or you thought was funny at the time? But, you know, today now you don't think it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's what it's about, you know. It's funny because everyone wants a little bit of fame now, but even the famous had professionals to handle this kind of um, activity for them in the past. They had PR people. Yeah, right. And and people just don't realize the level because when you when you're putting things out there on social media, you are broadcasting. Yeah, in America, and, and, I want to I want to bring you back on that, and I appreciate you sharing that, Mike, because. Um, Oftentimes we have perceptions about social media, and in many ways it's the people that you connect with. You know, I get a lot of inspiration from some great people, um, you know, that maybe there's one thing they say that can brighten your day. Talk a little bit about that, Merrick, and what you've noticed having, um, you know, had your messages from your whiteboard and and also Mm -hmm. some of your your blogs. Uh, Talk a little bit about the positive aspects. Um, So it's, it's definitely been uh, a positive experience because it's a form of expression. Um, and I think that any time that you get to a point where you're doing something that you love to do um, and you get an opportunity to share that in any medium, um, it's awesome. Uh, and a lot of times it's not even necessarily for the point of sharing it. So um, I necessarily didn't even start using uh, my Facebook account and Twitter account and stuff when I was sharing content, I wasn't necessarily doing it to share at first. I was more mm-hmm. so doing it as a place to keep it all um, as a repository because <laughs> um, yeah. I knew that I didn't have, I couldn't carry around a notebook with me everywhere. I mean, I could, but, I mean, I could easily lose a notebook, you know. So it was a place for me to be able to think out loud and put something down and um, have a place to go uh, look at it again and, and have access to it again. Um, and then I also wanted to, I know it's not an official copyright, but um, it, it's date stamped and it also shows that it's from me. So if I ever wanted to create a book of quotes or thoughts mm-hmm. or something of that nature, oh, um, it could kind of be some type of validation that I did come up with this or, you know, I didn't steal this content from anybody um, and actually have a little bit of proof behind that. I mean, the, just this morning I was going through looking uh, through old Facebook posts that I had put up um, and he it, and it actually, some of the stuff that I wrote when I was going through it at the time um, helped me even now. I mean, I almost forgot that, you know, I even said that to other people. And so uh, another piece of this, to move from that to actually wanting, putting it up there to share is more so for the accountability factor. Um, if I'm instructing or trying to give 
guidance or help or feeling as though like God has given me something to speak to somebody else, it also does something magical because it holds you to that very same standard. You know, Absolutely. so if I if I have publicly put out there that people need to spend time in prayer and I myself don't do that, well, then I'm simply just a hypocrite at that point. And so yeah. it allows me to be able to build a sense of accountability with what I'm sharing. And that's some of the positive things that I've experienced from it. Um, you know, people stopping me by and being like, hey, man, like, because you got, you know, and that, Mike, uh, Michael Fordham, you, you touched on something really important because it's stuff moves. And you, at first I just assumed that the only people that liked it were the people who saw it. And that's not necessarily right. true because there are social media stalkers who simply just, and it's not soccer in a, in a negative form, but they simply just scroll through their timeline, they read stuff, and they just don't comment on it. But they still mm-hmm. see it, they still read it, they may, you know, ingest it. And so um, being able to see words move, being able to see things that I say people are actually paying attention to, um, that's important to me because what it does is it allows me to feel as though I have a sense of purpose in what I'm doing. Uh, nobody wants to do anything that nobody else cares that they're doing. And uh, that's something that um, we have to fight sometimes because not everybody's paying attention to it up front. When people do see that and they do respond to it, it gives me the motivation to go back to it, to write again. You know, my uncle yeah. told me the other day, he was like, uh, it was about a, maybe about three or four weeks ago, he came down and visited and was like, man, what happened to the words on the whiteboard? And I had to took a break from it. Um, and he was like, what happened to that, man? I was reading it. I was like, oh, I didn't even know. So, you know, now I'm actually, you know, trying yeah. to be more cognizant of, of continuously posting stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. so those are some of the positive aspects that have come out of for me. Um, I would say outside of just ministry stuff, outside of just me sharing stuff, things that I've seen, um, I've seen people uh, on, a smaller t- um, on a smaller scale, I've seen people have issues with airlines or something and, tweet them, and the airline will send them a discount, like, hey, sorry about that. I mean, you have access wow. to, the, to, to, to the corporate in a way that you never had before. You don't have to sit on the phone with the representative for 30 minutes and ask them to speak to your manager. You know, you can actually tweet uh, their PR department or their, you know, um, customer service department directly, and they'll respond to you um, via Instagram, via Twitter. Um, I know a lot of people will use uh, Facebook in a way to connect to, to, to people. Uh, if they have a small business, they'll put up pictures of their merchandise, um, and you can go direct to customer, uh, direct to consumer without necessarily having to shoot an infomercial or something like that. You can almost do your own infomercial on YouTube, and a lot of artists are coming up through YouTube um, without having to even get a, a deal signed. They just get 1 million likes and then put something out where, like, hey, I'm selling my single, go here to download it, and they create their own website and a PayPal account. And you don't even have to, you don't even need a, a, you know, a a record deal to to at least start it. So um, I think that's amazing. I think that that, that what you were talking about, Mike, cutting out the middleman um, is is awesome in in that regard. So uh, those are some of the, the positive things I've definitely seen come out of social media. Yeah, and stand by, Merrick. I definitely when I, I have a question for Michael Fordham, but stand by because I want you to share uh, with our audience today some success, some success strategies that I know you've uh, put together. But Michael Fordham, before he does that, um, talk a little bit about what has happened in you know the middleman having being cut out. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about a measure of truth and some of the things that you've done with helping artists out. Um, I remember you were sharing with me one time 
before people would need, you know, PR people and marketing firms. Talk about how um, what you do has evolved through social media. Well, you know, it's funny. It started with a, a young man that I had on my show um, who was a, an R&B artist who was independent, had some success for a while. He was opening for Ruben Studdard and some comedians, and he was doing well, and then, you know, things sort of fell off for a bit. And, of course, he was always looking for his big break. But, you know, I said to myself, there's so many people out there like that, so many independent artists who are looking to um, – they're doing their own music. They're just letting it be heard by a small group of their friends and peers. But why not create a, a show that would showcase these independent artists and help them to understand how to better work together, um, share some of the tips and tricks of how they're producing music, how they're marketing themselves, what they found um, to be successful as opposed to some of the pitfalls that they've had as well trying to use social media. And I created a show called Turn It Up. And, um, you know, it's funny because I, I created it for independent artists, but I've had Grammy-nominated artists on as well. I mean, the wow. whole realm. But it just showed that there was a void there. There was somebody who needed to get out there and give folks a shot instead of them having to walk through a door, have someone sit behind a desk and tell them whether or not they were talented or not. Man, that's powerful. And speaking of someone who, you know, has something they want to get off their chest, Merrick, I want to turn the floor over to you and just allow you to just inspire our audience with some success strategies that I, that I know you've been putting together. Yeah, um, so thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. And, and uh, Michael Fordham, um, what he just said actually is a great segue into um, what I was going to touch on uh, in that aspect of kind of like validation and uh, they don't, people don't have to go to the, to the doors to be validated anymore. And so um, I think, you know, that word validation kind of stuck out to me when, when, uh, when I was kind of thinking of some of the things to say right now. And uh, so I'm just going to go ahead. I looked at the definition of validate, um, the word validate, and it says to make valid, uh, to substantiate, confirm, to give legal force to, to give official sanction, confirmation, or approval to. And the reason that word stuck out to me is because I think oftentimes we use social media as a tool or uh, outlet to validate our thoughts, um, to validate mm -hmm. our gifts, to validate our convictions, um, to validate our talent, whether that's on YouTube, posting a video and hoping for likes or anything of that nature. Um, and so the way that we measure that, like I just mentioned, the metrics that we use to measure that validation is the number of likes we receive or the number of retweets or reposts or uh, the number of views that we receive. Uh, and we use that to try to define our growth or we use that to try to define our success. Uh, if we don't receive a certain number of likes, we feel like we may not be successful. We feel like we may not be making an impact. Um, if we don't receive a number of retweets or views, uh, we, could, we can definitely start to feel uh, like we're invalid in what it is that we have been gifted to do or may have been gifted to do. Uh, and that resonated real well with me because I fell in that pitfall. I started to judge the things that I was saying and the content that I was posting based off of the number of people who would like it or comment on it. And right. it was growing very frustrating for me when I would – sit down, spend time with God, or even 
spend time thinking about something even outside of just God, but I could be looking outside the window and, and observe something and it kind of just resonate with me. And I would sit down, formulate a tweet or formulate a post and put thought into it and write and post it. And I'm thinking this is wisdom oozing out of this post. And then somebody, and I would get two or three likes and somebody would say, God is good or something and get like 25 likes or 30 likes or something. And it was, it would eat at me because I'm like, they yeah. didn't take no time to do that. This is not anything. They're not saying anything that nobody knows, uh, doesn't know already. Um, so, and what it was doing was pulling me out of the, um, the purpose and the intent of what it is that I was trying to do or say. And it's because I was looking at validation in the wrong area. And I think if people aren't careful, they can definitely start to use social media as a valid validation of what they're doing. Um, and so to, to build off of that, I would say the, quite the opposite, that we need to start searching for validation uh, through God. And for those who may not have a relationship with God or have a full understanding of God, um, well, I don't think anybody has a full understanding of God, but somewhat of an understanding of God, uh, I implore you to, to get one because that's the only place that you can find true validation for what you feel like you've been purposed to do or, it, or even validation in your thoughts. It's a great um, baseline to build your thoughts off of or a foundation to build your thoughts off of where if you're saying something that's contrary to God, whether or not it gets receives a lot of likes or not, it still may not be valid. Um, and so when we look at trying to gain validation through God, uh, the, the reality is that the only one who can truly validate whether or not something is operating as it was purposed or designed is the creator of that, not the user of it. And mm. so when I say that, I say that um, – the only way that we can truly know if we're operating um, and truly gain validation of that we're operating in our gift rightly is by the one who actually created us to, to operate in a specific area or for a specific purpose. Now, the users, or in this case, as the metaphor builds, the people who read the content or uh, see the content, they're simply the users. They could be blessed by it. They could be uh, energized or inspired by what we have to say. They could be entertained by what we have posted, but they can't validate whether or not that person is operating in their purpose. They can't validate whether or not that content is valid. And so um, I, I want to really focus on that and kind of focus on building that validation uh, through him. And so the next question that, that comes to mind is how are we validated by God? Um, okay, Merrick, you told me that I should, shouldn't look for my validation via social media, that I should look for validation of my content and of my gifts through God, but how do I do that? And I believe um, that, that that happens through trials and that happens through service. And when I say that God validates us through trials, I would say that that validates our character. It validates the very heart of who we are. So um, when we go through things, when we've endured things, uh, and we can still maintain faith, we still maintain persistence, we still maintain determination, we're still, uh, we still have ambition, we still have drive, I think that, that that validates what it is that we're doing and what it is that we're pursuing uh, because it takes, you know, a very strong sense of uh, purpose 
to still go through to go through many things and still feel though that you're supposed to be in that role. You're supposed to be saying what you're saying, doing what you're doing, sharing what you're sharing. Uh, and so I think there's definitely golden nuggets there, uh, and that's one way that God validates us. I would say through service because that shows our capabilities. And um, I know people are like, kind of like, well, how do we get to service from posting and stuff on Twitter or on Facebook? And I would say that you're still serving people. Um, it's what you're serving them. It's, it's kind of what you're doling out because service to me is action. So what actions are you taking on social media? Um, are they of service to anybody? Is anybody being helped by it? Is anybody being uplifted by it? Is anybody mm-hmm. being inspired by it? Um, and that's truly a sign of capability. It's a sign of ability. It's a sign of talent. It's a sign of gifting. When you share stuff that um, is of service to people, then that's a great avenue to find out or see whether or not you're operating within uh, what within your purpose, whether you're being validated within your purpose. And um, so I want to move to uh, – so what, do I, so what do we get from the trials and service? What does that enable us to do? Why do we have to go through trials and service to be validated by God? And I think it does three main things, and I kind of want to focus on these three things as the crux of uh, what I'm sharing here today. Uh, the first thing it does is it allows us to trust God. So we get to see how God, um, how he operates and how he's delivered us through these trials. Um, and the created opportunities that come through our service for us to exercise our gifts and operate in our purpose. So when we go through things and we allow uh, trials to get built up, when we go through these different uh, avenues and we take opportunities that we are offered through service, we start to lean on God and start to believe that since he did it before, he could do it again, uh, that we are able to get through these things and we start to begin to trust him and trust the content that he's giving us to share with other people. Um, and then one thing it also does, it helps us to trust ourselves. This is the second point. So um, I can say for myself, uh, I started to waver in my confidence about the content that I was sharing via social media um, or anything that I was putting out because at that time I was being trying to validate myself through the number of likes. And because right. I didn't receive a lot of likes, I started to lose confidence in what I had to say. But when I start to um, go through those different trials and through those things and I'm still finding opportunities that are coming my way, such as this radio show or whether or not somebody asked me to speak or teach a class, um, that helps to validate my uh, confidence in what I'm doing. It allows me to believe in myself. It allows me to, to say, okay, I can do this. I definitely can uh, continue to pursue what I feel like God's calling me to do. And then the third thing it does, and this is probably one of the most important things, especially in our society today, is um, it allows us to trust the process. And it, a lot of times we, a lot of people say we're a generate a microwave generation where we want things to happen immediately. And unfortunately, the, one of the downsides of social media is it's allowed people to find immediate success in a small period of time. It's allowed people to put up a video of them singing and the video go viral and then now they have right. a record deal. Or, you know, it has allowed somebody like uh, a Rob Hill Sr., even though I know his process wasn't overnight, but he seems as though an overnight success because it's taken off so fast in a short amount of time, excuse me, in a short amount of time because of social media. I mean, he's shared his book online um, and he's posted stuff on Instagram and Twitter. He has a number of followers. And so it's allowed his brand to get built up overnight. 
And so when things don't happen that quickly for us, we start to um, question whether or not we are uh, operating in the way that we're supposed to be operating and doing what we're supposed to do. And so um, we just have to learn to trust the process. Like all great things require a process of development and preparation, and God uses trials to prepare us for our purpose, which we execute through service. Um, And one story that kind of really popped out to me uh, in the Bible, and I don't want to make this all, you know, holy or anything like that, but um, I definitely do have a foundation built on that, uh, is, is the story of David. And we can see all of these elements kind of come out in David's story. One, David was anointed to be king before he was made king. So he already knew that God validated him and what he was doing, but nobody else knew it. And I mm. think that's very important for social media because a lot of times we use it to try to prove to other people that what we already know inside. And when people don't respond to it, um, we start to question and waver on whether or not we was actually chosen to do it or whether or not that was our purpose. And so, um, you know, David still maintained that confidence, uh, even though no one else knew it. And uh, one thing that he went when he went to, uh, to go get food to his brothers when they were battling the Philistines, um, and he was talking kind of reckless at the time. He was like, you know, who's going to let this uncircumcised Philistine, you know, go against the nation of God and God's uh, people of Israel? And people were turning against him, his own brothers, um, King Saul, uh, all the other um, soldiers in the army were kind of looking down on David like, what are you talking about? And so if you think about him saying those words, what if that was like a tweet, you know, and David's going ranting on Twitter, you know, talking about who's going to let this man do this, do that, or whatever, and people aren't validating what he has to say. Um, Does that mean that it's wrong? Does that mean that what he was saying wasn't accurate or wasn't, uh, right to be saying no. I mean, he, God validated what he was saying. And so, um, you know, I think that's, again, driving home that point of making sure that we look towards our source and not necessarily where we're actually um, the people that we're sharing the information with. And then uh, finally, I would say that uh, for, the pep- for the preparation and the process, um, David, by the time he got to Goliath, it definitely wasn't his first battle. He uh, had battled uh, lions and bears before in protection of his sheep, and he had already built up a confidence because he went through those previous trials, because he went through the process of preparation. Um, now that he's able, now he's able to go against Goliath and defeat Goliath without fear and understand um, an understanding of uh, God's protection on his life because of what he went through previously. And so, to culminate all of that, I would say. Um, as we begin to share stuff on, on these different avenues uh, via social media, as we begin to start thinking about the content that we want to put out there, whether it's to build our business, build our personal brand, whether it's to share uh, writings or insights that we've gotten, whether it's to share opinions about uh, things that are happening in politics or that are happening in today's society uh, with cases or with uh, revolts going on around the world, I think if we keep in context uh, who we're out to please and who we're here for and Mm -hmm. understanding that uh, people don't validate what we have to say, uh, I think it will help us to filter out some of the things that we shouldn't say that aren't of God, and then it will also help us to be confident in what we're saying, even if people don't respond to it the way that we would hope them to or want them to, uh, and make sure that um, it starts to align with what it is that you're purposely trying to say, I think we should all post with intent. And when you post with intent, it should be aligned to who you are 
It should be aligned to your purpose. It should be aligned to where you're trying to go. And uh, I think that will give people a great context to use when, when they're operating in social media. Merrick, wow, that was powerful, man. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I appreciate wow. your transparency, you know. And a lot of people, I think, um, might be on the sideline and they feel the same way, saying, hey, you know, I'm not getting a lot of likes. What I'm saying is not being validated. But what if the the tweet that you send or the post that you uh, put out there might get zero likes but mm-hmm. might stop somebody from committing suicide? Exactly. You know, exactly. when you said your uncle yeah. came back and was like, well, hey, bro, why aren't you putting, uh, where's the whiteboard? Yeah. You're thinking, well, you know, I'm not getting response to the whiteboard. Exactly. <laughs> but, he, but, but not everybody's going to, you know, hit like doesn't mean that they don't, you know, receive. I, I remember somebody, yeah. a preacher was sharing one time, you know, um, sometimes people are actually listening instead of saying amen. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're actually <laughs> processing what you're saying and what yeah. you're putting out there. So I, I appreciate you sharing that and being honest and, and transparent about it. And, you, for example, you know, God is good might be the thing to help me out for today. It might not be that exactly. prolific tweet. <laughs> and I had to learn that too. Yeah, I had to learn yeah. that too because, uh, you know, sometimes just the, the surface, the quick and easy, the, the true something <laughs> of God's good, or he woke me up today. I mean, sometimes that just is a quick reminder for people to help them get yeah. what they get into. And so, you know, who I can't judge. I was definitely judging, and uh, I definitely um, have have t- taken a step back from that and understanding that's just, that's all the word people need sometimes. So, But I think your transparency, you know, has helped with that. I, I do want to ask you this. Name one life event that has shaped you as a person um, that is helping now propel you into your future. Um. One life event that shaped me as a person. Um, for the man that I am becoming now, uh, I will say that um, uh, getting engaged to my fiance has probably been the number one propelling thing because, you know, as you prepare for marriage, and we've been going to premarital counsel—I mean, classes—and we're about to start counseling soon. Um, it alters your whole mindset about how you approach interacting with people namely the person that you're going to be with the rest of your life. And yeah. that that ability, or not, it's not even an ability, yeah, it's something I'm still working towards, but um, the self-sacrificing or the ability to um, put others' needs before your own, it aligns very directly with uh, the service and the way that God has called us to operate um, with other people. You know, we are here to be a school. We're here to be a blessing to other people, to operate in our gifts so that other people can be blessed to be the um, the, bo- the body part of the, the body of God that we're supposed to be doing so that the kingdom can t- continue to advance. And a lot of times, especially via social media, you can't help but to get this sense of me, 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 I, 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 where am I going, how many people are liking my stuff, is this going to turn into a book deal, is this going to turn into more speaking engagements, are people going to start hearing me as I can try my to image, make some right. Yeah, my image. And right. a lot of times, uh, especially as I learn to humble myself and learn to put her needs before my own, uh, learn how to be a, a leader in the household, learn how to be a, a leader servant, really, um, you know, it, it resonates really well with how I carry myself in my everyday life and, and how I interact with people. 
uh, in general because people will say the darndest things and <laughs> or not say anything. And, you know, a lot of times it will pull a reaction from you, um, but you just got to be strong in your foundation. So I would say for the man that I'm becoming now, it's probably my engagement. Um, previous the kind of like me trying to like get more involved in, in thinking deeper or being more observant about the things that go on around me, I would probably say uh, kind of like the way I grew up. Um, I was a me being me being the oldest in my household uh, of all my brothers and just trying to set an example for them, and uh, you know that kind of puts a different onus on somebody uh, if anybody has is the oldest sibling um, because you kind of feel like a sibling parent. And you yeah. want to, you know, you want to feed your little brother knowledge and information <laughs> and you want them to look up to you and you want to be an example. And, you know, and so it kind of propelled me to kind of be the very best person I could be so that I could be able to turn to them and be like, listen, man, this is how you do it. You know, you go talk to these people, build your network up, go to school, do this, do that. So um, I'll probably say those two things probably helped shape me uh, the most. Man, that's good. That's good. Um, let's play a quick little game of word association. All right. Okay. Um, what comes to mind when I give you these words? Vision. Uh, vision. I would say. Um, I would. I would. I would say a goal. Uh, not a goal, but but the uh, the painted picture, the end goal. Um, oh. Yeah, because I think that God makes the end clear sometimes, but he don't. He doesn't make. Uh, like he makes the picture clear but he doesn't make the route to the picture clear at all. So I think it's important that he does show us the end goal so that we are able to have something to definitely work towards and, and uh, have a sense of drive towards. That's good. Humility. Humility, um, I think of the word wisdom. Uh, and the reason I say wisdom is because uh, I remember this quote that I heard uh I think it was like Erica Badu or somebody said she reset it, but I don't know who was the originator of it. But it's uh, the man who knows something knows that he knows nothing at all. And uh, and so I think once you are wise enough to know that you don't know much, <laughs> that's where humility. Um, that's the beginning of humility. Uh, so I would say wisdom. Good. Ministry, and within ministry, ministry, you can talk a little bit about um, your role as young adult minister. Yeah, and some of the um, issues would, that you know are facing a lot of young adults. So I would say service is the word that comes to mind, and uh, I think that uh, in my role as the leader of the young adult ministry, one thing that I found is um, is that we are a very fickle generation, and not fickle necessarily in a bad way, but uh, comparative to some of the other generations, where um, I think. I think the things that we like to get involved in, we have to feel like we're making a difference in. Uh, we're not ones probably to just sit on the usher board for 20 or 30 years and just serve as an usher. We want to be like the lead usher or we want to uh, <laughs> change the usher board so that we usher in at different churches or be able to, you know, expand it to a to a, a usher committee um, that spans across three <laughs> states. You know what I mean? Like we, we're yeah, trying yeah. to turn something into something. And, that's always good, but a lot of times, like I mentioned before, we skip the process, and we want instant results. And so when we don't see a lot of things changing in a quick enough time or if we don't think that we'll be able to have an impact or input, um, then a lot of times we won't want to get involved at all. So it's like either mm. you're going to place me in this position or you're going to give me this opportunity to do this or I necessarily don't want to be involved. Or 
it's the opposite where I'll just show up to your event, catch me later on everything else that y'all are doing, you know, on the in-between stuff. So um, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great challenge to have because um, I believe that generations are different because God's always evolving and changing, and he has the ability to meet the needs of every single generation. And so because we speak the language of our generation and the ones behind us, we're not afraid to talk about things that maybe generations before us may be a little uh, reserved to talk about, uh, like sex, like, uh, you know, homosexuality, um, like, uh, you know, premarital, uh, premarital uh, uh, babies born out of wedlock. Things of that nature are real issues that our generation is dealing with that uh, may be taboo to some older generations and maybe they just are going to be of a mindset where we'll just pray for them. But I think that we actually try to develop programs and we actually try to develop um, bringing speakers and actually have people who are willing to address those and put some theology behind that and actually give people real real Jesus. Like Pastor always says, uh, you know, straight Jesus, you know, no chasers. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's what's needed in today's generation. I don't think that we're going to be good with the kumbaya anymore or just hearing about the goodness of God. We definitely just want to know exactly, like, what God can do uh, to help us through our situations, uh, and unfortunately, the word service is—I mean, that's that's the if of the if then, like Pastor says. So you, you know, God gave a promise. He was like, "If you do this, then I'll do this." And right. sometimes we like to skip the if. So I, I think ministry is that if. I think service is the if. If you apply yourself to my principles, if you obey me, if you serve, then I will, you know, uh, increase your storehouse. I will you know, do all of these amazing things that I've done from generation to generation since the beginning of time. Man, that's awesome. Merrick, how can people get in contact with you for speaking engagements or if they just want to connect with you in some way? Um, so uh, my my name is Merrick Dean. So if you go on Facebook and search Merrick Dean, I believe I'm the only one that pops up. Uh, thankful for my parents and my unique name. But uh <laughs> Yeah, so um, www.facebook.com slash Merrick Dean. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Bread for Greatness, so that's B-R-E-D, the number four, and then greatness to spell normal. Um, and then on uh, Instagram, um, at Chosen One, so uh, C-H-O-S-E-N, the number one. Um, and I actually just started a Tumblr account but uh, usually I post all of the all of my blog posts on my Facebook page, uh, and then I also post it on my Twitter. So if you find me on Twitter or Facebook, then you can pretty much uh, get access to me there anytime. Awesome, awesome. Well, Merrick, man, you were an inspiration today, and I believe you helped a lot of people. We do thank you for being on. And I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, again, I think that, we are, uh, I think even this opportunity with the, you know, blog talk radio and it being a format um, that people can listen to and also speak on, um, I think it's an amazing thing that you guys are doing, and I just encourage you all to continue to do it. Uh, I'm a fan of the Kia Garnett show, the Brown Bag, uh, you know, Michael Fordham's uh, whole page. I think you guys have some great hosts and uh, even better uh, interviewees that you guys put on so uh, it's definitely interesting and I implore everybody to can stay, stay connected and continue to listen God bless you sir thank you for being on alright have a good one you too closing thought you know character is not just about the image that we portray it's about who we are when no one is watching 
Think before you post, tweet, or send. Your words could just make or break someone's day. Your words could be just the instrument that God has chosen to help someone along their way and lift their spirits. As always, love God, love people, live on purpose. Bless you.